You can turn to Mark 4. We're going to continue in this section from last week where Jesus was speaking to the people in parables. Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 21. Mark 4, 21, down to verse 34. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to those... the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and sprouts and grows, he knows how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable is for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. When it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke to the, the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. Let's pray one more time together. Father, we thank you for your word. It is powerful. May it be used by your spirit to transform our hearts. Would we see your kingdom as hidden as it feels? this side of heaven. Would we see it? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever seen those pictures that look like two two things at the same time? Um, So I have a couple examples. Hopefully this will work. A couple examples for us. Um, So for for some of you, you see a man with a really large nose. Uh, Some of you might see a a young woman with hair tied behind her head. there's other ones as well. So here, some of you might see the kind of the, the, the vase, the vase in the middle. Some of you might see two people looking at each other. Here, it's a little harder. Sometimes you could see a woman. Sometimes you can see a man playing a saxophone. If you look at the black portions of it, there's a man playing a saxophone. Is it a rabbit or is it a duck? <laughs> I don't know, it looks kind of like a rabbit too. And then one more of these, there is this one. This one is one of my favorites. It looks like a young woman that has this really nice big shawl on and she has this feather coming out. Uh, but if you actually look at the, what looks like the necklace, if that's the mouth, it actually is an older woman kind of looking sullen and forlorn. 
There's also these things called autostereograms. I had to look that up. I had no idea they were called this. Uh, so you've probably seen them. Here's an example. It is a 2D image uh, that actually has a 3D image hidden inside it. I don't know that these will work on the screen, uh, but it'll be fun to watch you try if you've ever tried these because you kind of have to kind of cross your eyes and kind of like bring it back in, you know, into focus to kind of see. But actually hidden in here is a seal catching a fish, believe it or not. And so it just looks like a bunch of colors, but really you could look in it and you could see a seal catching a fish. And then there's one more. This actually says PBC. You can make your own auto-stereograms. Um, and so I made one that said PBC. Um, so these images, they, they have hidden parts. Uh, you can't see everything some people can't see them at all. I know some people really struggle. It's okay. Some people really struggle with those autostereograms because they're like, I can never see them. And it's so frustrating because you watch people, you know, and they're like, oh, look, do you see it? And then they're like, no, I don't see it. All that is there is not plainly seen. All that's there is not plainly seen. That is what Jesus is teaching in Mark 4. All that's there is not plainly seen. So we saw last week that Jesus is teaching the crowds in parables. Remember, a parable is a real-life example that both reveals, but it also hides the truth. Uh, these verses in Mark are a continuation of that same section. So there's actually four parables here, even though your Bible usually only names three of them. Uh, there's the one of the lamp, there's the one of the measures, uh, the growing seed, uh, and then the mustard seed. These parables are meant to show that the kingdom of God may be hidden right now. It may be not shining in all its brightness, but God is always at work. He's always working. The smallness of what we see now will not always be. It will not always be small. Just like the followers of Jesus had trouble understanding His greatness that was proclaimed through weakness and crucifixion, we too, we often forget that God is working among us in very hidden ways to build a mighty kingdom. We forget that. We forget that Jesus is returning in full splendor, in full glory. We forget that the little acts of faith that we live by actually produce really big results. Today, I want you to refocus your sight. Last week, we talked about our hearing. This week, we're going to talk about our seeing. I want you to refocus your sight on what often looks like a flat, 2D, boring image that just looks green and fuzzy. And I want you to see the richness, the depth, the beauty of what God is actually building among us. Last week, like I said, we checked our hearing. Now I want you to ask yourself, is believing, is believing seeing or is seeing believing? In other words, do you have to see all that God is doing to believe it? Or can you see the greatness of what is happening right now because you believe what the scriptures say? I want to give you three truths to cling to that are pivotal and our perseverance in this Christian life. First, 
believe that glory is coming. Why would, why would you put a lamp under a basket? This is what Jesus is asking. Why would you hide something that's meant to shine? Uh, Jesus says that nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. So in the first century, this little baby was born. We're going to celebrate that. We're continuing to celebrate that this month. Advent, the coming of Christ, Christmas. A little baby was born. It's a rural, rural, rural town, small town, in some corner of the earth that no one really cared about. He was born into a people that was, were under the strict control of the Romans. From the outside, this was just like any other birth of someone with very little status, a nobody. He grew up, when he was about 30 years old, he started to teach publicly about the kingdom of God. What he taught was pretty radical, actually. He was teaching, was full of grace, it was full of authority, it amazed the people. He wowed the crowds with his teaching, his miracles. He turned water into wine, he healed the sick, he gave sight to the blind, he raised the dead. But the religious leaders hated him. They were blind, they were deaf, they did not want healing from their spiritual blindness. So what did they do? They connived a secret plan to murder this man, and they succeeded. He was put in a grave, and the stone was sealed shut. This is the lamp under the basket. This is the lamp under the basket that Jesus is speaking of. It is dim, and seemingly it's not giving off much light. Most of the world was completely unaware of the significance of what was happening in those years. And they went about their business like life was normal. Just another guy dying on a cross. Sure, he did some amazing things, but most people didn't know about that. But then, by the power of God and because he had a sinless life as his God-man, death could not hold him and he rose from the dead bringing victory over sin and death. His followers rejoiced, the church spread, and it continues to do so. But the basket has not fully come off that lamp. You feel this when you're lonely in your faith, right? The basket is not fully off this lamp. You experience this when you find it hard to speak against the immorality you see at work. You bear this when you hear the name of the Lord Jesus used in vain countless times in a day. You endure this when you hear of Christians beheaded or even burned alive for their faith. Yes, in this day that still happens. You discern this when Christmas is all around you in the shops and on the radio and maybe in your families, but Christ is very absent. Brother and sister, we must believe that glory is coming. All that is, is not all that will be. There's a second coming. The dim lamp under the basket will be a blazing sun. The quiet dimness will be trumpets 
blaring in glorious harmony. The cries of crucify him, crucify him, will be transformed into confessions of his lordship with every single knee bowing down before him and admitting who he is. In 1 Timothy, Paul describes the Lord as he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. This is the Lord of glory, and he is coming. Glory is coming. In Revelation, John sees this vision. He sees this vision not of this little baby of an, a manger, but of the Lord of glory. And this is what it says in Revelation 1. John says this. He says, I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. That is the Lord Jesus that is coming. It's the same Lord Jesus, but the basket will be removed one day. Nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. If you have ears to hear, listen. Verse 24, and the text there, tells us to pay attention to what you hear. How do you respond to this light? How do you respond? Whether it's dim or bright, how do you respond to it? Verse 25, look at it. It says, For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is both a warning and a promise at the same time. It's a promise. If you have faith, you will gain everything. You will gain everything. All that you have sacrificed as a Christian will be returned a million times over. All that the mocking that you've endured, it'll be made right one day. All your fears will be turned into faith and all your sin will be gone. But it's also a warning. If you turn a blind eye to the little light that you have, you will lose everything. Everything you worked for will be gone. Everyone you've ever loved, you will never see again. Every sin you've committed will be avenged. The fire will not be quenched and the worm will not die. The Scriptures assure us that the lamp will be made manifest. It will shine in its full strength and glory. Jesus, the glorious one, is coming. Believe this. Believe that glory is coming. Secondly, have confidence in what is hidden. In the parable in verses 26 to 29, this is only told in Mark, by the way, 
It, it tells us of a seed that's scattered. We saw this last week with the sower, just, just scattering seeds. This parable, though, is showing us the hidden work of that seed. Last week, we saw how the different hearts responded to that seed. Now, Jesus is telling us in parable form, what is the hidden work of that seed? Well, after the sower sows, all he has to do is sleep and then enjoy the harvest. He, he, he cannot make the seed grow. All that happens underneath the soil, it's invisible to him. It's hidden. Eventually, the sower is going to see small little seedlings sprout. I don't know if any of, any of you garden, you plant a seed, you get a little seedling and it sprouts. That is not the harvest, though. So all, all, all the sower can do is, is just wait. Then the seedling might turn into a small plant. But that's not the harvest. What can the sower do? All he can do is wait. After a, a set period of time that is completely out of control of the sower, the harvest will come. But the sower has no control over when the harvest comes. At the glory at the glory of that second coming of Christ, there will be his bride, the ones whom he suffered for and died for. They will be there, but, but why? Because God did a hidden work in your heart to get you there. We know this is happening, but it is hidden. And we forget sometimes that the work of God is happening behind the scenes. This is part of the, the challenge of living in what is sometimes called the already and not yet kingdom of God. Already, there are amazing things that God is doing and has done. Uh, he is writing history. He's building his church. He is saving the lost. He is transforming you into the very image of his son. He's doing that already, right now. You are becoming like him. But there is also the not yet reality that the fullness of the kingdom of God is still hidden. We still wait for Christ's coming. We still long for new sinless bodies. We still have sorrow. We still have tears. We still have suffering. All that will be has not yet come to fruition. This, is, this, this life is a long slow plod. We are living in the in-between. The planting has happened, but the harvest awaits. The world around us loves fast food, right? Quick service, speedy results, but this is not the way that God works. Did you notice how ordinary the image of the kingdom of God is in, in, this, in this parable of the seed growing? It's just scattering seed, it's just sleeping, sprouting, like knowing nothing on our part. One step at a time, blade, ear, full grain, harvest. The methods of God are, are ordinary on the surface. They're very ordinary on the surface, but miraculous under the earth. His hand is always working, always guiding always cultivating. He is like a gardener who is perfectly pruning, tying back, weeding, fertilizing, watering, 
We just don't get to see it with our eyes. But we can see it by glimpses, in glimpses, by faith. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the conviction or the evidence, some translations say, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence. You want evidence that God is working? Faith is the evidence that God is working. By faith, be confident in what you cannot see. The simple sowing of seeds in this world will bring a massive harvest. The Christian is confident of this. We cannot make the seed grow. We do not need fancy lights, special programs, or any form of like emotional manipulation. We sow seeds, and God does the work. Do we or do we not trust God to do His work? Do we really think that God needs our help to grow seeds? I've never been able to do that. I don't garden that much, but I have planted seeds before. All I can do is plant. I cannot do anything to make that seed grow. And you know that's true. And so we are to be patient. What you desire for the kingdom may come to pass, but it might take a long time. You may want a friend or a family member to trust Christ for salvation. Be patient. Waiting is part of the Christian life. We must wait. You may want to have victory over your anger or your lust or your selfishness. Fight for that, but be patient. Growth and victory are lifelong pursuits. And remember that repentance is victory too. And so long for sinlessness, but in the meantime, when your sin patterns pop up again and again, Turn from them, run to Jesus in full confidence, knowing that he will forgive you. Because running to Jesus with your sin is victory. It's victory. There are no shortcuts in the Christian life. So be patient with yourselves. The maturity of the seed is certain. Paul tells us in Philippians And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This growth will be through ordinary means, though. It's the ordinary means of grace that God has always used. Do you know what those are, ordinary means? Faithful attendance and involvement in your local church. Simple and ordinary. The local church is the primary means of teaching, of discipleship, of mission, of accountability, all for God's glory and your growth. Another ordinary means is prayer. Pray often. Pray regularly. Pray without ceasing. (laughs) Ask God to grow you. Ask God to to do big things. Plead with Him for your neighbors, (coughs) your family, this town. Plead with him for yourself. It's an ordinary means. Study of the word. It's an ordinary means. 
Read it. Read about it. Listen to it preached. Meditate on it. It is life and food for your soul. It should never get old. And it should never get boring. All of these means of grace do a hidden work in your heart (coughs) to make you more like Jesus. Sorry. (coughs) Have confidence in what's hidden. Believe that glory is coming. And then finally, trust that small seeds grow really big bushes. Small seeds grow really big bushes. (coughs) The mustard seed parable in verses 30 to 34 show us plainly that little tiny seeds will grow into a really, really big plant. Some mustard seed bushes can be 8 to 10 feet tall. It's just little tiny seed. The mustard seed is not the tiniest seed the world. That is not the point of the parable. Jesus is teaching a principle. Big things happen from small, little things. And in this case, he's talking about the kingdom of God. The beginnings of Jesus, like we talked about, were humble and simple. His family missed it, though. His family missed who he was. The religious leaders missed who he was. Israel missed their Messiah. He was a nobody. He was a tiny blimp, blip, in all of space and time. They wanted a great savior who would free them from the Romans, and they got a lowly carpenter's son who instead died on a Roman cross. So much for the savior of the world. Looks weak and pathetic. How could the small, insignificant life and death of a Jewish man mean anything? Because God uses small seeds to grow really big bushes. The lamp was under the basket. The work was hidden under the ground. What the world sees as small and trivial, Christians see as glorious and beyond our comprehension. Because this young Jewish man named Jesus, after being horribly tortured and crucified on a cross, he rose from the dead. And here we are, 2,000 years later, gladly proclaiming the name of Jesus with millions of other believers around the world and the millions that have gone before us in history. Small beginnings, big bushes. We know these things are possible. We know that small things can cause huge effects. We know this really, really well, actually, especially from the last few years. The COVID virus is a tiny, 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 tiny thing that you need the strongest microscopes to see. And yet that tiny, 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 tiny thing brought this world to its knees. A big outward display of power does not equal strength. Bigger is not always better. You know, North Korea, they like to attempt to flex their muscles by launching missiles. You notice that? You just hear a missile launch every once in a while from North Korea. Does that make them strong? No. North Korea have chronic food shortages and deaths from starvation all the time. If you can launch missiles but not feed your people, you are not strong. 
We should not judge the potential of something based on how small we perceive it to be. As they say, big things come in small packages. There are many a diamond in this world that are worth way more than my car. <laughs> I mean, that's just the case. That little thing on a finger is worth way more than my car. So, why do we need to trust that small seeds grow really big bushes? Why do we need to trust that? Well, firstly, it's a reminder that God does not work the way that we would work. And so, we need to guard against thinking about the kingdom of God. Big, glorious, numerous, dominant, powerful, respected. These are not yet words for the not yet kingdom of God. This is the Jesus that we saw in Revelation with the eyes of fire and the voice of many waters. That is coming glory. That is the really big bush. Small, sacrifice, weak, humble, lowly, Submissive, derided, irrelevant. These are the already for the already kingdom of God on this earth. This is Jesus now. This is the little mustard seed. Be careful not to set wrong expectations for how the kingdom of God works now. Secondly, remember that we reap what we sow. This is often in the negative sense, I tell this to my children when they're bothering someone and then they get whacked. <laughs> you kind of reap what you sow. But there's also the, the positive side uh, of that. Minuscule mustard seeds grow into ginormous bushes. You reap what you sow. So the, the little tiny, seemingly petty ways of living out your Christian faith produce incalculable results. You reap what you sow. People often dismiss small things as insignificant, though. But I mean to say that terrifyingly dangerous. Jesus says in Matthew 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Many take the wide path to destruction because they miss the simple, narrow path, thinking it leads nowhere. They miss the small path. Dismissing small things is horrifyingly deadly. Small things in God's kingdom are magnificent and they lead to life. Passage Baptist Church is a tiny speck in a tiny town on a small island amidst, amidst the vastness of the busyness of humanity. To the world, this meeting is nothing. It's nothing. But to the kingdom, this is spectacular. What we do on a Sunday is spectacular. A gospel witness proclaiming Christ to a fallen world. Who knows 
Who knows the really big bushes that will come out of this tiny seed? We will reap what we sow. And something glorious is being sown in Passage West. Moms. Moms, the work you do as you disciple your children may feel like continually itty-bitty drops in a very, very large bucket. But this text, this text assures you that those tiny drops will produce a vast, deep ocean. The little comments of love that you give to your kids, the, the places of gentle grace, the encouragements and praise that you give them, the laundry that never ends, the nappies that always need changing, the many failed moments, because there's many of those, right? Failed moments when you get down and you repent to your little ones, reminding them that you need Jesus just as much as they do. These little seeds will grow into a harvest of righteousness. A super mom is not a mom who can do everything right and has capacity that never stops. A super mom is faithful to plant little seed after little seed, knowing that it may take a lifetime for that seed to grow and flourish, but you trust that it will. You trust that it will. Men, the ordinary is glorious. The world will tell you otherwise. The ordinary is glorious. Get up early. Read your Bible. Go to work. Work hard to the glory of God. Come home. Help at home. Play with the kids. Sit down with your family for dinner. Talk to your family about Jesus. Do the dishes. Talk to your wife. Be the chief repenter in your home. Go to bed tired. And then repeat that over and over and over again. Ordinary, small, sacrificial, humble, because small seeds grow really big bushes. Faithful consistency and loving engagement with your family will reap massive amounts of fruit for generations to come. Ordinary faithfulness. Don't believe the lie that the ordinary is boring. Don't fall into the trap of believing you don't, that you need something in this life that's bigger and better, that's faster and slicker, or smoother and more alluring. Slow and steady wins the race. Just ask the tortoise. Jesus is telling us here to have confidence that small seeds produce big bushes, that what is hidden is worth trusting, and that glory is coming. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think 
according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The little hidden, the little and the hidden, the dim lamp, that'll be far more abundant than we can ever even imagine. What looks 2D and really boring what we have to cross our eyes and look foolish to see will one day be the new heavens and the new earth. Believe. Have confidence in that. Trust in that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that this is not all that will be and that you are building something so great that we can't even imagine it. Forgive us, God, when we forget that. Father, would you remind us that the ordinary, simple acts of faithfulness produce huge results. And you have proved that in the cross the seemingly insignificant death of a Jewish man is building a community of people who are saved by grace and will worship at the throne of Jesus in the not-too-distant future. May this church proclaim that always, Father, and forgive us when we want to be big and mighty. God, may we just proclaim that you are big and mighty and trust you to do the work that we cannot do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.